Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 50 Creating a Paid Time Off Policy Part 2. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I am your small business buddy, instructor, and servant. And I'm here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. This is where small business owners gain employer intelligence in around seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. All right, picking up where we left off on episode 49, let's talk about the remaining time off types and the final steps to creating your paid time off policy on this episode of Small Biz Brainiac. Let's rock this. In the last episode, we covered several types of both paid and unpaid leave, sick, personal, maternity, holiday, vacation, and bereavement. Today we'll learn about jury duty, military, and family medical leave, and these are typically unpaid, and all three are mandated in some way, shape, or form. Now, jury duty is an important role in our republic, and we need smart jurors. Unfortunately, it's incredibly inconvenient, and a lot of people can't afford to take time off. Every state pays jurors for their service, but the fees range from only $5 to $50 per day. The rates and rules vary by state and even by county, and this simply isn't enough and taking time off would result in a financial hardship. Financial hardship, by the way, is actually a basis for being excused from a jury. Time off rules for jury duty also vary state to state. You can't terminate or discipline an employee who takes time off to serve on a jury or as a witness, and in some states, you don't have to pay for time off but you can reduce their earnings by the amount they're paid by the court. Now, jury duty doesn't come around very often, but it's an incredibly important civic duty, so it would be really good of you to offer a few days of pay time off so that your employees don't have a financial hardship and we can get smart people on the jury. Now, military leave is regulated by the Uniformed Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act, or USERA, and it applies to all employers. USERA requires you to retain and re-employ an individual who's absent from work due to military duty for up to five years. Of course, there are some exceptions, but in general, USERA clearly establishes that re-employment protection does not depend on the timing, the frequency, the duration, or the nature of service as long as the basic eligibility criteria are met. The law requires you to re-employ in the job they would have attained had they not been gone on military service. They must be returned to the same seniority, status, pay, and benefits. However, you may offer an alternative position if your employees can't meet the qualifications for the escalated position. And finally, the Family Medical Leave Act, which applies only to employers with 50 or more employees within a 75-mile radius, requires you to allow an employee up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave every year to deal with a family or medical issue, either of their own or to care for a spouse, a child, or a parent with a serious health condition. You also have to continue their medical coverage under the same conditions as if they were still working. So many of you don't have to worry about this unpaid leave, although there isn't anything stopping you from having some sort of unpaid time off policy for the same situations if you want to. Having a look-alike FMLA policy 
would help you to compete for labor. Okay, so we're done talking about step three, which was to decide what types of PTO to offer. Now for the fourth step, which is to decide on the terms and conditions of each paid time off type. And there are a lot of things to consider. Is the time awarded as a lump sum at the beginning of each year, or is it accrued as your employees work? According to the World at Work research study that we talked about in the last episode, employers who offer sick, personal, and vacation in a single PTO policy, 18% of them award a lump sum, while 82% accrue it. And of the employers who offer a traditional policy where each type is managed separately, 79% of them award personal time and 29% award vacation time at one specific point in the year. Now, all the statistics I'm providing here are from the World at Work study, which I've provided a link to in the show notes. Now, is the paid time off lost if it goes unused, or does it roll over to the next year? Well, 81% of employers in the study roll over either all or a portion of the unused time. More than half roll over all unused time. If you do roll over the unused time, is there a maximum number of hours you can have in the bank? May employees cash in their unused paid time off? Well, very few employers pay employees for unused time at the end of the year, which is a good thing because you want your employees to take the time off. That's what it's for. However, if terminated, 81% of employers pay out unused time. Now that is for those who offer a combined PTO policy. So where sick, personal, and vacation are managed as three separate policies, 89% of employers pay out the vacation upon termination, but only 4% pay out sick days and 17% pay out personal days. The caveat here is that you have to look at the state law to see if you're required to pay out unused time upon termination. For example, in California, accrued and unused PTO are wages, and you have to pay it out when you let an employee go. Now, how long must employees be on the job before they can use their PTO? Is it based on time or hours worked? May employees borrow against future accrued time? If so, how much? And only 19% of employers allow borrowing. May employees donate some of their PTO to another employee? What are the usage increments? In other words, how many days may an employee take off at a time? Are there any PTO blackout periods? such as the holiday selling season, where no time off other than legitimate sick days or maternity leave days may be taken. So as you can see, there are a lot of details to figure out, but we aren't done yet. Over the past few years, there's been a lot of buzz among cutting-edge employers about unlimited PTO policies. Sounds crazy, right? I mean, how could an unlimited PTO policy possibly work? Well, unlimited really doesn't mean unlimited. I've never actually seen an unlimited PTO policy in practice, but a company called Mammoth HR, a technology company and a consulting firm in Portland, Oregon, has. They tried it for a year and then evaluated the results, made some modifications, and then continued with it. In a Fast Company article, we learned that Nathan Christensen, the CEO of Mammoth HR, decided to continue the program after the one-year trial by making some changes to it and he has five recommendations for anyone considering an unlimited policy. The first one is call it something other than unlimited PTO. Second, anchor the policy in your company's core value. Third, let your team members know it's a two-way street. 
Four is provide guidelines for how time off is approved. And five is shift your focus from time at work to value of their contribution. According to BuzzFeed News, Kickstarter employees are losing their unlimited vacation days. The company's capping their vacation time now at 25 days a year. They said they need clearer guidelines. BuzzFeed News also says that there's an unspoken rule at many companies that says you have to work long hours either before or after taking vacation time to make up for the time off. Other well-known companies that offer unlimited vacation time are Evernote, Netflix, and Gusto, which is formerly Zen Payroll. Anyway, I thought I'd mention the unlimited PTO policy concept so you know that it's out there. This type of policy seems to be limited to technology companies that employ large numbers of millennials. Well, there you have it. Let's recap. Jury duty, military, and family medical leave are all regulated in some way, and all three protect the employee's job while off work. You should consider some form of pay time off for jury duty because of how important this service is to our justice system. The final step in creating your pay time off policy is to decide how it will function, and there are a lot of details to work out, but definition is critical to its success. Unlimited PTO policies are like giant squid. You know they exist, but you've never actually seen one. And while I like the idea, they're not for everyone. Got questions? We'll go to Small Biz Brainiac website and ask. I'm at your disposal. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.